Welcome back to the Brighter Web Podcast, insights on growing a small business using the latest technology and marketing best practices. Uh, we've got two co-hosts here. I'm Robert Carnes. Hey, I'm Mickey Mellon. Good to be here. So Robert, today I think you're going to be talking about identifying your business audience and, and ways to do that. So I guess we need to start with why you should even do that. Why is it important to know your audience? Well, yeah, we're talking about this subject because I think it is really at the core of most marketing things, most marketing strategies. Ultimately, that's one of the best practices we fall back on regardless of whether it's digital marketing or physical marketing or event marketing or guerrilla marketing, whatever type that is, you ultimately need to, at the core, know who you're trying to serve. So that's ultimately what we're trying to do here is identify like who are the people that we're communicating with, who are the people that this podcast is for, that this blog is for, that this website is for, that this event is for, any of those kind of things, hopefully it's trying to reach a person or a group of people. And so that could be for you know B2C marketing, you know business to consumer marketing, or even as we've talked about, business to business marketing, because even if you're a brand and you're trying to reach another brand, ultimately you still boil down to you're a person and you are trying to reach another person, whether or not they're representing themselves or a business, it, it all boils down to people and identifying who those people are. For sure, yeah. We've talked about that a lot with B2B. It's what Green Melon is. We're kind of a B2B company, but it's still people. I right. mean, the people at business is just kind of a different perspective, but it's important to, to keep that in mind. Yeah, and there is a different way to look at that. There are certainly different distinction of B2C or B2B. Or oh, for sure, yeah. I've heard it, like there's even different nuances within that, but yeah, ultimately it's still... It boils down to people. That's, yeah. that's the, the core message we're trying to present here. Gotcha. So what are some mistakes that businesses make when trying to find that audience? Yeah, one of the biggest things that I run into and, and see so many, you know, some of our clients or other businesses, it becomes very obvious that they think that everyone is their audience. Um, I saw this with Microsoft most recently, and hmm. Microsoft is a big, well-known company that does indeed have a large audience. But I think it was their mission statement said that we're trying to reach everyone and make sure that everyone has great technology. And I'm like, no, there, mm. there are people that fall outside of that. You are not going to reach everyone. As great as that sounds, you just simply, I mean, even a bit, again, a big, large uh, company that's been around for, you know, quite a few years now, they're not going to reach everybody. And especially if you're a local business, you're not going to reach everybody either. So, and sometimes the more targeted, the more focused you can get, sometimes you'll actually end up reaching a larger audience than just that, right? You're, oh, for sure. you're not going to just hit those people. You're going to have periphery around that as well. So don't, don't go in thinking everybody and then have to narrow it down. It's better to be focused first and, and go from there. And a lot of times what that, that falls into another mistake, which is not fully understanding who those people are or making big, broad assumptions about everyone that, well, no, they need this product, right? Well, have you done any testing? Have you talked to any of those people? Do you understand what their their real pain points are or how they communicate or how they want to to see this messaging come across? So, you know, don't assume that everyone is your audience and don't make assumptions about those people and in regards to how you're going to connect with them. Gotcha. Yeah, the everyone is interesting. I remember going to an event years ago and the guy introduced himself. He sells insurance and he said, yeah, I sell car insurance and life insurance and health insurance. And he went on and on and on and on. I'm like, well, I'm not sure where, when I would reach out to you with a specific problem. You know, if he'd come in saying, I do this kind of insurance 
and I know he's great at maybe he could expand more later but he labeled 57 kinds I'd rather go to the person that knows car insurance the person that knows health insurance versus someone that tries to do it all and figures I'll capture everyone this way when really you risk capturing no one if if you try to be everything for everyone you end up being nothing for no one <laughs> exactly um, cool so how do we figure out who that audience is then There's yeah little... <laughs> that's that's the that's, real yeah the rub of <laughs> just it, that little it? question yeah right you know. it's that is the heart of the matter that's the important thing but that's the that's the real difficult thing for any business right um, sometimes it's very obvious with who you are trying to reach, who that specific audience is. Um, but ultimately, think about who you want to serve. If you have an existing business, I mean, obviously it's it's different if you're trying to open up a new business, if you're an entrepreneur, um, there's kind of maybe a different methodology for that. But if you are, are an existing business and you have customers and you're like, okay, well, who of those customers are our kind of target audience? Well, think about what the common characteristics that your best customers have? Who are those people that you want to continue to do business with over and over again? Who are those people who are excited to work with you or who are your raving fans? And then figure out, okay, what are those you know, 10, 15, 20 people, what do they all have in common? What's that kind of common slice or common thing that they, that they have and possess that I can really focus in on? And maybe that's a couple different things. Maybe there's a few different buckets that they fall into, but you really want to look at kind of those commonalities and, and then start looking things like what are their preferences? What are their motivations? What kind of communication tools that they use? Kind of start filling in some of those demographic and background details so that you start to flesh out what we call like an audience persona, which really, again, helps you stay focused on who you're trying to serve. Yeah, we've, we've done this a few times with our agency. We've kind of said, here's all of our clients, but who are our best clients? Who are our favorite clients? And if you're a client listening, you were on that list. You were great. You're our favorite. <laughs> yes. but, but, but looking at that and saying, okay, here's the 10 that we think are our best clients in terms of responsiveness and the type of work and all that. What's common between them? And that can be kind of difficult because a lot of times there's not clear commonalities, but at least getting some buckets together of, okay, this type of client, this type of business tends to work better. And yeah, it's a fantastic thing to work through. Yeah. And so to, to bring that home a little bit, I mean, like, let's take this podcast as an example. We'll, we'll pull back the curtain a little bit and share a little bit about who we thought is our kind of target key market for this podcast. Yep. Um, and ultimately it's, it's business leaders. It's people who are in marketing, um, who are kind of putting these things into practice for their their business. Um, and you may fall a little bit outside of that, which is okay. I mean, I think there, there are more people than that who can get something from this podcast, but that's the filter that we run each of the episodes through, each of the kind of the prep work that we do for each episode. We're, you know, we're kind of consciously or unconsciously thinking about um, what would that person need? What, what is that mm -hmm. person interested in? What are they searching for? What kind of practical information would they like to get when they're listening to an episode? And, and we try to run that same filter through all of our, all the other resources we have, blog, uh, blog posts and videos and all those kind of other pieces. Yeah, it's a great way to do it. So what are some practical ways to stay focused on your audience? Because it's easy once you start a podcast or whatever, say, oh, here's other fun stuff I want to talk about, which is maybe not helpful. Staying focused is key, but yes. what are some good ways to help stay focused? Well, we mentioned the audience persona. That's usually a good first step is once you kind of identified, hey, this is my two target audiences. It's, um, you know, it's soccer moms and it's, you know, senior IT professionals. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's these two random pieces. I don't there know. You go. Whatever they are, hypothetically. Um, actually kind of creating a persona and it's like a fake name and maybe a fake picture and, and kind of some fake background details, like create a fictional person who you are focused on, like having a, a character to kind of imagine in your head 
um, really makes it a lot easier to keep that focus rather than keeping things really high level and, and hypothetical. So that's a good first step. And usually that takes a little bit of time up front, but it's one thing you can do one time and, and go from there. Yeah, and sometimes I'll take beyond a persona and even say Jennifer is one of our favorite clients. And so I'll just think sure. of her specifically because I know it's easier to think to write to a person, you know, whatever. But yeah, a lot of them making a persona of, you know, fake Jennifer, you know, and what that person might be like can work very well too. But yeah, I've enjoyed in the case where I can find a real example, I want to do this podcast for a specific person. I can sort of think about what they may have in mind. And that can be kind of cool too. Yeah, that's a good point. And you can obviously base some of these kind of fictional personas on real people right. so that yep. it has a sense of authenticity. I mean, obviously sometimes it, the reason you don't always do it on real people is because that can get a little weird or Correct, you know, yeah. that person could do something that they're no longer your, right. your favorite. Or get a little pigeonholed too. Sure. You know, you want to have your, again, your audience is probably, like you said, a couple different areas. So you want to kind of make a amalgamation of a person that would meet that, that probably doesn't exist in real life. Yes, correct. But yeah, basing that fictional character on a few, hopefully real life people yeah. that are your real customers is, is a good practice to take. Um, so I think one of the biggest things that this does is, and hopefully it, Hopefully that persona is backed by some of your statistics. You've looked at your website insights and you've looked at you know your customer records and your sales or whatever. And hopefully you're basing a little bit of that on some of that data. But what the persona does is put a face to those numbers. Right. Because you remember that every, you know, every website visitor, every page view, all of those kind of different things is is based on the actions of real people. And when you put them in numbers, you forget that sometimes, but adding the persona again helps helps personalize it a little bit more. So that I think that really helps. Um, and then even just the practical ways of, of putting those personas to use, like designing them up so that they're a nice little, you know, in a nice format that's digestible, like bullet points about that person with an image and with the name, printing that out and maybe putting it around your office. Like mm -hmm. I, I did this at, um, or at least my the organization I used to work for um, actually did that. We had hmm. several different personas and they designed them into these little eight and a half by 11 cards that we had printed up and had it around the office. Nice. And so we could say, okay, what would Margaret think about this decision that we're making? Or, or okay, you know, if, if Steve is the person we're trying to reach with this marketing campaign, uh, what, what kind of things would he be looking for? And so again, having those kind of front and center so it's not, not something you create once as an exercise and then throw into a drawer and forget about, you know, keeping them front and center, I think really helps to keep you focused. For sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And then making sure to kind of not overly generalize. That's, that's kind of the tricky part with these personas, not, um, not making them hypothetical, but making them real um, and, and just keeping this human, right? I mean, that's ultimately the thing is, is remembering that marketing is just you one person talking to another person and that may be done in bulk and may be done through campaigns and a lot of different platforms but you want to be one person talking to one other person and hopefully convincing them to buy your service or product at the end of the day but if you keep that human to human connection there it's going to be a lot more effective at the end of the day yeah very well said i like that okay well, if you have been, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Brighter Web Podcast, brought to you by Green Melon, a digital marketing agency. To help your business keep up with the latest digital marketing trends, check us out at greenmelon.com. You can also find show notes and more episodes at abrighterweb.com. <laughs>